0: Hey, look at you, all grown up and needing car insurance. You don't have to freak out if you got a driving record that's not so hot or worry if you aren't sure exactly what you need. Able Insurance has your back. Pass up the national insurance companies where you're just another number and keep your auto insurance right here in Charlottesville. 979-0814 is the number. AbleInsurance.com is the site.
1: What up what up what up do ball hockshow? Say one more time. What up, what up, what up the
0: ball hockshow What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up do Welcome to the Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host Amon Hawkins, and as always, I appreciate you for taking time out of your day to listen to the latest episode of the show. Before we get started, got a shout out to sponsors, Aber Insurance, AberInsurance.net for all your insurance needs. Service in the state of Virginia for over 20 years. Holler at Billy and Charlene White, and also Connor Murray Realtor. Holler my man Connor. You can uh, go to his Facebook page, Connor Murray Realtor. Or you can hit him up on Instagram, Connor Murray Real Estate, for all your home needs. If you're looking to invest in properties, purchase a property for yourself, he deals in everything. So holler at Connor Murray. So this episode, we got to recap game six of the finals as the Toronto Raptors are the world champions. But before we talk about what happened last night, let's go back down memory lane of how the finals MVP got here and how he ultimately served, shut the hell up juice, to the mass media. Roll the tape.
1: Kawhi's camp has always felt like they have been slighted by the Spurs all season long.
0: It's hard to tell right now. Very painful. We'll see how I'll get better each day. Kawhi Leonard out for the season opener.
1: Look at Leonard, difficulty just making up the stairs of the team playing.
0: Still no timetable for his return. My hope is that this is classic Spurs caution. Taking my time, so... I could be healthy.
1: He didn't really seem right.
0: Kawhi Leonard, he's
1: out indefinitely. Horrible situation. Michael C. Wright from ESPN said that when the Spurs tried to visit Kawhi in New York through the year, that him and the people around him would move him throughout the building even... so that the Spurs staff wouldn't be in the same room with him. Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs now have a strained relationship.
0: Teammates and come play with us. Kawhi Leonard has told them I've got good reason. There's nothing but excuses going on. Mm -hmm. So first it was well I was misdiagnosed. Look here. You're you you, got $18 million this year and and you think that they're trying to rush you. You didn't play for the most part a, a full season this year and You're the go-to guy. You're the franchise, and you want to say that they didn't have your best interest at heart? Are you kidding me? Not one time has Kawhi come out and said anything to the effect of, you know what? Hey, I really enjoy being in San Antonio, or I can't stand what's going on here in San Antonio. Not one time has he said anything. How he has handled this in terms of stuff getting out about how his injury was mishandled, um... Than us learning through reports that he wants out. R.C. Buford standing up in front of the media, and that's how he was alerted to what Kawhi Leonard feels because he had no knowledge. There is no excuse for that. He's going to leave San Antonio. It's just a question of when. Listen,
1: only Leonard knows how he feels about them right now.
0: He's up on a super match. <laughs> There's a lot of money on the line. This there summer. may be
1: a chance that Kawhi played his last game with the Spurs. Can he repair the relationship and keep Kawhi? Or is he going to have to move him? Just stop. You want to go to Los Angeles, that's it. Greg Popovich has met with Kawhi Leonard. You have
0: to be able to look a guy in the eye. You unhappy here. We need to sit face to face and talk about this. Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to be in San Antonio
1: anymore because he wants to be in LA. What part of Kawhi Leonard's behavior in the last year and every story that's come out in the last several weeks says anything about this dude having any of the qualities that a leader is supposed to have. You don't talk, you don't defend yourself. You're coming off as a an obnoxious diva. You don't want to go play with LeBron because you want to be the top dog. You are the top dog for a team and an organization that has done really well for many, many years that you don't have the respect and you have the audacity to try to ignore and you do continue to cash those $18 million checks. Isn't this the most... Un-Spurs-like story that we've ever seen
0: from start to finish.
1: It is. It speaks to the way the whole thing was handled. Yeah, people like us who've covered this league for a long time never associate with the Spurs. Kawhi, yeah, shocking. He doesn't want to be with the team. We knew that when you only played in nine games and you wouldn't even be with the team on the road during the playoffs. If the Lakers can give me the best deal, I'll do that. I don't think that's going to happen. You're the face of the most stable franchise. In the NBA over the last 15 years, what the hell are you doing? Lakers are, in theory, still looking to trade for Kawhi Leonard. The pressure, quote-unquote, to do so certainly seemed to recede in recent days when it was be clearer and clearer LeBron was coming here regardless.
0: LeBron's just better than everybody. That doesn't mean you play second fiddle with LeBron. If LeBron has a scorer on his team, you think he's not going to use him? LeBron's basically your point forward, if not guard, right? So what's Kawhi really He's a perfect complementary piece. In a sense, so is LeBron. He'll do what the team needs. I don't think it's just self-serving. Well, LeBron just wants the ball in his hands. No, I think usually that's in the best interest of the team. And Kawhi, too. Like, I find it ridiculous that Kawhi would, I only want to be, like, what fiddle he plays. First or second is important to him. Maybe to his uncle. Maybe to someone around him. Maybe to business associates. But to Kawhi Leonard,
1: have people seen the way he plays defense? And even the way his offensive game came about, you know what that requires? It requires an incredible work ethic, incredible competitiveness, incredible discipline. What do you think it's going to be like, Russian? I think the ball is actually, it's not in the Lakers or Spurs' court, it's in Kawhi's court. If Kawhi he, he elects to change the situation by exerting pressure publicly, is what I would assume, and basically says, I'm going to be a villain here and I am going to force my way to the Lakers... I think, you know, the next move to spur impetus would be his move. I'm so over this dude. The city of San Antonio is over this dude. You can go as soon as they get whatever they want from you, but if you think you're just going to walk out of there and get your way because you've thrown this little spoiled hissy fit and become one of the most unlikable characters, I've never seen a heel turn like this in a way that is not enjoyable. Like, you are no longer a person I root for. You are someone who has just shown every quality of a spoiled, entitled person, and you don't even have the 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 strength to speak for yourself. Like what are you doing with your career?
0: I just can't give you a whole (laughs) spiel. I don't even know where you're sitting at. I don't even know where you're sitting at. So there you have it, man. You know, this time last year, it was a lot of vitriol sent towards Kawhi Leonard. I've never seen a superstar Get bad mouth so much For saying so little A guy that's an introvert A guy that just loves to play basketball A guy that stood on his morals A guy that understood his body A guy that would not budge Even though he was clear And I'm saying with air quotations Clear by his doctors To be healthy enough to play But in his opinion He wasn't healthy enough to play at his level uh, So you see people in the media become more fans and not really put on an analytical hat and see it from both sides. Every sometimes and I get caught up in this also. We get caught up in trying to have the hot take and have and and having that sound bite that goes viral. Having that sound bite that generates clicks on websites, having that sound bite that generates interviews on other shows to elevate your platform and elevate your voice. And I think Everybody that spoke negatively towards Kawhi Leonard did him a disservice because if you knew this young man, knew the way that he moved, knew that he wasn't a guy that was out in the forefront that's going to talk a lot, he's going to let his actions speak louder than his words, you would kind of fall back. And sometimes – put it like this. Sometimes we just don't allow things to play out. We feel like we always got to be ahead of the curve. Um And that's the one thing I dislike now with talk, you know, sports talk, is that everybody feel like they have to jump out there and make this prediction of what's going to happen. You know, we get caught up in that. We're about to do this now with the NBA draft of, You know, this team should take this prospect and this prospect should go here and go there. And I told you that so-and-so is going to get drafted here. We all get caught up in the I told you so's. And that's what this final came down to because you had a lot of folks um, saying that this year was a wash. Once LeBron James went to the Lakers, they just felt like Golden State had it in the bag. And people forget, and this is why LeBron James should be definitely praised for his feat of making eight straight NBA Finals. The toll in which it takes on your body. Isn't it amazing that the year that LeBron James' body broke down is also the year that the Golden State Warriors and their players' body start to break down in a sense of uh, Kevin Durant had the injury with his Achilles. And, you know, we've been down that row of my thoughts on that if you've been following me on social media. And then you look at Clay Thompson, how his body broke down. He, he you know, blew out his ACL yesterday. And, uh, again, I want to apologize to Clay because I, I got caught up in my petty Hulk mode where I felt like he was being dramatic. And once I saw him get up and walk, I felt like, you know, he would play. Uh, but it turns out he had a torn ACL. So I definitely apologize for that because that's very distasteful. And you don't want to leave that out there for folks taking the joking part and not you know, retracting and recanting what I said. So, you know, shout out to Clay because he was balling. Um, and then you just saw Steph, it seemed like every every year, at the end of the year in the finals, Steph isn't the same as far as his, his shooting feats, you know, what we're used to. And um that's why respect is put on a guy like LeBron James Names for reaching the finals so much because it it demonstrates how much he takes care of his body, how durable that That man really is. And um, I'm not going to make this about LeBron. But anyway, let's get to the NBA Finals. The stage was set. Can Toronto close the show at the Oracle, the last game ever played at the Oracle, after they let Game 5 slip away? Uh, What would Coach Nick do this game? Everybody's waiting for him to make a mistake. Here is a rookie coach that replaced Casey, who was the NBA coach of the year. Uh, Everybody was – just waiting for him to mess up. Everybody was waiting for Kyle Lowry to mess up. And I will say this Kyle Lowry and Coach Dink Nurse, both of those men definitely, definitely stamped their names and what they did last night. You look at a guy like Van Fleet, his playoff journey until his child was born, how he was absolutely trash can juice early in the playoffs, and then you see him on the final stage. And like I said, it's amazing how things get, come into perspective when a child is born, and, and you see an individual just take their game to another level because they have that dependence, that dependency now uh, from a young child or wife or family. So um, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's go ahead and look at the box score. The Raptors went 114-110 to win the series 4-2. to two. They won three of their four games in the Oracle, which is unheard of and unprecedented. If you think about this playoff series, they won three games on the road, one game at home, and then Golden State won one game on the road. I mean, both games on the road. So essentially, it was, you know, wasn't even home court advantage for either team. I mean, in in a perfect world. Golden State should have won this series because the road team was the fa- you know end up being the favorite because of the outcome, and we all know we change our narratives once we see the outcome. But um, looking at you know plus minus, we start let's start with Golden State, right? So we have Game Six, Clay. Game Six, Clay. Clay Thompson was out of his mind. The dude was just spectacular. They were plus five with him on the court. He was 8-12 from the field, 66%. He was 4-6 from three, 66%. He was 10-10 for 10 from the free throw line, five rebounds, two steals. This is in 31 minutes play, basically three quarters. Um, he was spectacular. 30 points to lead the team. He did not play in the fourth quarter. Or did he play in the fourth quarter? I don't think yeah, I don't think Clay played in the fourth quarter. Um, but he was spectacular, man. He was spectacular. The dude was phenomenal. Yeah, he didn't play in the fourth quarter. He got hurt in the third. Um Clay for the series was spectacular. He was the best player for Golden State in the series. If you look at his number in the series, man, he averaged twenty six points, four rebounds, two assists. But It's his shooting is why I said he was the best player. The man shot 54% from the field. He shot 50 This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest
1: selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market.
0: 58% from three. He was 24 of 41 from three. He only missed two free throws, 14 and 16. The dude shot 50% from the field and damn near 60% from three, not to mention what he did on defense. He missed one game with the hamstring. He was the best player to me. Well, he was the most lethal player. Because best player, you know, you could you could say Draymond was just as important because of his overall numbers in each category. But as far as the threat and making shots in the big moment, because if you remember, in Game Five, he made the three-pointer that put them up by one, that essentially won the game. Steph shot the three to tie it up. Clay came back down on a transition relocation three on the left wing, and put them up. Basically, that three-pointer won the game. That's why it was tough to see Clay go down, man, because it was just a very unfortunate injury that further hurt Golden State's chances to win the ring. Um, You look at Draymond Green, played 44 minutes, 19 rebounds, 13 assists, but he had eight turnovers. See, that's what they're not going to talk about. They're going to look at his 11 points, 19 rebounds, 13 assists. He had a triple-double. Draymond had eight turnovers, and he had a turnover in the fourth quarter that was huge when he was throwing to Quinn Cook, and he was screaming at Quinn Cook when it was actually his fault. You know, he shot 25% from three, which is one of four. It was 50% from the field. But it seemed like anytime Draymond Green got elevated to the number two option, when Clay and KD wasn't – like, so this is another game where Clay wasn't playing, and KD wasn't playing. And they was looking to him to be that added scoring option, and he's not. He, he wasn't it. You know, Draymond is essentially who he thought I was. I mean, who I thought he was. He's a glue guy. And I think, yes, he deserves the praise because of his story of being a second-round pick and uh, reshaping his game, reshaping his body and all the things he can do. But he benefits a lot from the moving parts around him. And I think that's we always need to keep him in that box of your ultimate glue guy. You're a Hall of Fame of glue guys. You're not a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. You're the Robert Ors. You're the guy that we praise and elevate on championship teams because you're on the championship teams. But you're not going to lead a subpar team to the playoffs and elevate them in the sense of we look at you as one of the greats. But Draymond Green had a had a very good overall series and. Nothing but respect for him, but I just always put people in their place so when they try to put them in a different realm. Uh, Steph Curry, he played 41 minutes, had 20, just 21 points. He shot 35% from the field, just 27% from three. Steph got to get this work. Steph got to get this work. I mean, Steph is on the cut. Like, Steph is the greatest shooter off the dribble we've ever seen. He's not the greatest Catch and shoot shooter, I give that to his teammate, Clay Thompson. If he came to a catch and shoot contest, I think Clay Thompson would eat him alive. And I think that's what they missed in that last shot attempt. In that last three point play, shot, you know, play that was, you know, drawn up to get Steph the shot. I think if Clay is in the game, you go to Clay and catch and shoot. Steph is the guy that's rhythm off the dribble, boogie with you. He's deadly. He's a sniper. But. You know, the thing about Steph and his legacy, it's going to continue to take a hit because on the final stage, you know, I know he has three titles, but he doesn't have a single finals MVP. And yes, granted, Andre Iguodala, the finals MVP, can be put with an asterisk because you could have gave it to Steph. But we're dealing with what t- took place. And what took place is Steph doesn't shoot well on the final stage uh, to my liking, if you look at The greatness of Steph Curry, it takes a dip on the final stage and it didn't change this finals. If you look at his shooting woes, his shooter percentage, he shot just 34% from three. We're talking about the greatest shooter ever, right? 41% from the field and 34% from three. It's not acceptable. It's just not for your greatest shooter ever. I'm just holding him to the standard of the greatest. You know, when you talk about the greatest, you know, when you talk about LeBron and his performances, when you get into that greatest, you start to be nitpicky. You start to be nitpicky with the Kobe's and the nitpicky with Kevin Durant and how he got his rings because you put him in that greatest upper echelon realm. And that's with Steph Curry. Shooting 40% from the field and 34%. From three is unacceptable for a shooter of Steph's caliber I'm not dissing him I'm not hating him I'm keeping that same energy this was somebody like Russell Westbrook shooting 41 percent from the field and 37 percent from three dog him even though Russell is not a shooter they're going to dog him because you put him in that standard of one of the best point guards you know like I told folks, when it comes to the final stage, a guy like Kyrie Irving has outshot Steph Curry. I'm not saying Kyrie's better, but shot for shot, Kyrie has outshot him. It's just facts, you know, but I'm not hating on Steph. Steph is a hell of a player. He's still the greatest, but nobody's going to hear that. They're just going to get pissed off that I'm coming at stuff. I know I'm not piling on. But when you look at Golden State in this game, they went – as much as 11 deep, DeMarcus Cousins gave them a viable minutes. He played 18 minutes, 12 points. He was 4-9 from the field, five rebounds, but he got stuck in the pick-and-roll offense. I think Toronto did an excellent job of attacking him. I think Coach Nick Nurse did an excellent job of late in the game, starting Van Fleet in that second half, and then late in the game, putting him in the pick-and-roll with Steph Curry, checking Van Fleet, and whoever was being guarded by DeMarcus Cousins being the screener because those are your two worst pick-and-roll defenders on Golden State. And you understood that Golden State, they went for playing a 1-2-2 in the first half. They wanted to keep the ball out of Kawhi Leonard's hand. And Kawhi Leonard, being a cerebral superstar, understood that he would need his supporting cast to step up. And what can you say about Cal Mike Lowry? Cal Mike Lowry, as much as Petty Hawk has killed him in the past, he showed and proved. That first half, he was doing any and everything. Cal Lowry was the player of the game of the first half, of the first three quarters. Anything you want to say, because Van Fleet was the player of the second, well, the fourth quarter, and preferably second quarter. Like, those two guards, those two point guards carried the reins for Kawhi Leonard, who got them to the finals. And that's why the finals is the total team effort, man. And it's always always those other scores that get you over the top. Kawhi had just 22 points. He attempted just 16 shots. So if you look at this, Kawhi Leonard attempted 16 shots. Siakam attempted 17 shots. He hit the big go-ahead bucket that put them up by three on Golden State's best defender, Andremon Green. You got Kyle Lowry. He attempted 16 shots, the same as Kawhi. You got Van Fleet, who attempted 14 shots off the bench in eight less minutes than Kawhi Leonard. Ibaka attempted 12 shots. Ibaka shot 58% from the field. Van Fleet shot 42% from the field, 45% from three. Kyle Lowry shot 56% from the field, 57% from three. Siakam shot 58% from the field. Fifty percent from three supporting cast, others. It's all about the others, the others. Cause everybody always looked at Kyle Lowry. And I said it, Lowry is gonna have to play like an all-star in the closeout games for them to win the title. And he's gonna have to show up in the fourth in some shape, form, or fashion, for them to win. And he did that. He had a big bouncy bounce fadeaway, step back fadeaway to maintain the lead, and he had a big steal. Late in the fourth quarter. So you got to tip your hat to Kyle Lowry And his plus minus was plus 16. His plus minus was plus 16. People talk about Van Fleet should have been the MVP. And for the Vance analytics, Van Fleet plus minus was minus 10. That's what's crazy. His plus minus was minus 10. Gasol plus minus was minus 7. Kawhi Leonard plus minus was minus 2. Ibaka was plus nine. Power was plus five. Danny Green was plus seven. That's advanced analytics for you right there, boy. Ain't nobody in their right mind going to say you should play Danny Green more just because this plus minus was plus seven. After that damn turnover he threw, scared to dribble the damn ball. But... It just goes to show, man, that Toronto got the last laugh. They took the risk. They went out there. They traded DeMar DeRozan, the fan favorite, their leader, their all-star, the best player in their team, and they upgraded with a guy that sat out the whole year They didn't know if he was healthy, and he came in and had a finals that rivaled the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryant's the LeBron James as far as scoring 30-point games and the most points in finals. You know, all these accolades. But Kawhi is just a humble guy, man. And you love to see a superstar like that win. He's the first guy to win finals MVP from the East, Conference, and the Western Conference. Just a phenomenal talent. Worked his way up. Learned from the likes of Tim Duncan about work ethic, just putting his head down and playing. Learned from the great Popovich. Um, had a lot of vitriol. It was It's just, it's just poetic, man. And you got a lot of folks that are screaming bloody murder because of the injuries. Well, if KD was this, if if Clay wouldn't have got hurt. There's always a lot of ifs in this world. There's always a lot of ifs in sports. If a coach would have called this, if a player would have hit that shot, if a player would have saw this person open, at the end of the day, the Raptors are the champions. They earned it. They made an upgrade with Kawhi Leonard. They got Danny Green, another wing defender. Van Fleet continued to develop. Siakam is young. He developed. Sergey Ibaka was a glue guy. The trade for Marcus Saul and how he would, um, his defensive prowess, his defensive IQ, the little things that he did. I mean, the list goes on and on with how this team collectively came together as a unit and they showed up when they had to. Kawhi Leonard. There's a guy that stopped the three-peat of a super team in the Miami Heat when he's with the San Antonio Spurs and their form of a super team because you can't just discredit the likes of a Tony Parker, a Manu Ginobili, a Tim Duncan, and, and Popovich at the helm. But he won finals MVP, and he kept the Miami Heat from three-peating. Fast forward to 2019. Golden State Warriors are trying to three-peat. Here comes Kawhi Leonard with a young Rookie coach and Coach Nert and, and, a, and a band of misfits that nobody truly believed in. Granted, it was injuries that aided in his ability to stop in their three-peat, but he did it, and he won Finals MVP again. His legacy is stamped. You can't take anything away from Kawhi Leonard, a guy that bet on himself, a guy that sat out last year because he felt like, his injury was more serious than what the medical staff and San Antonio thought. You can't do anything with respect him. People call him a diva. You can call him what you want. But when you bet on yourself and you have a vision for yourself and a belief in yourself, you love to see gentlemen like this winning in. The end. You love to see an underdog like a Cal Lowry, a guy that's the butt of a lot of jokes from my alter ego, Petty Hawk. Ultimately, a kid from Philadelphia, a kid that was seen as undersized, a kid that was seen as being um, a man of many trades but a master of nothing, a guy that's always scrutinized, and don't, nobody understand how he's a all-star, come up big on the big stage with 26 points. Shooting 57% from three. Kyle Lowry shot 57% from three in a closeout game. Basically outplayed. Steph Curry. Not during the series. You know, he averaged 16 points and 7 assists for the series. 42% from the field. 36% from three. So if you look at it, if you look at it, Kyle Lowry outshot Steph Curry. (laughs) And I know, I know Steph Curry attempted 128 field goals to Kyle Lowry's. 80 field goals, so I know it's slanted. You feel me? But you can run with that narrative, though. (laughs) You can run with the narrative. Uh, Congrats to Drake. The Drake curse when it comes to the Toronto Raptors has been broken. Broken. You know, Drake going to have him a championship ring. I'm pretty sure Drake going to perform for Toronto. But you got to give the praise to Kawhi, man. Salute to you, Kawhi. Salute to you, bro. Salute to you, Um, all! All you know, get well wishes to KD and Clay. We'll talk about we'll talk Monday on the live show about where Golden State goes from here, where Toronto goes from here. But this podcast is long enough, man. I just want to you know recap the game. It was it was an outstanding series. NBA. I don't care about the ratings, but you guys can't front. Every game was entertaining. Every single game was entertaining. The finals was fun to watch even without the biggest star and LeBron James not participating. So as the Ball Hawk Show man, make sure you subscribe to the Ball Hawk Show or any platform that you're to this podcast. Make sure you go to Anchor. You the voice, use the voice message option. Let me know what type of questions you have, what type of comments you have towards this episode or any episode, and I'll make sure I share my thoughts on the next episode. It's the Ball Hawk, man. Oh, we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.